Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two. This is the Breaking Barriers Podcast. The conversation about changing the narrative for boys and young men of color in Western New York. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition, another episode, another session of the Breaking Barriers Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Robertson. Also have with me today, Mr. Xavier Lamar as our co-host and a very, very special guest, Dr. Carl Stokes, right here, Buffalo bred, Buffalo's own, world-renowned author. I'm going to speak it into existence. He's here with us today to discuss his book, Reclaim Your Visibility. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit about Dr. Stokes today and uh, why he wrote the book, what's in the book, and all that good stuff. So without further ado, I want to introduce Dr. Carl Stokes. To right. Welcome over to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This what? is exciting. Glad to have you here with us. And uh, Xavier, I'm going to kick it over to you and let us kind of take it away, man. All right. So, Mr. Stokes, uh, so before we get into the book, I really want to get to know a little more about you. I know we have talked over a Zoom call last Tuesday, but for our podcast audience, uh, tell us a bit about your early, early life. Okay. Well, my early life uh, right here in Buffalo, New York, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, originally, you know, from the east side of Buffalo and, uh, I guess what I would say is um, my my upbringings, you know, were a little bit difficult. Okay, um, uh, poverty, you know, um, addiction in the household. You know, my dad uh, struggled through uh, you know the crack epidemic and things like that. So there's a lot of difficulties as far as uh, having food in the house regularly. You know, utilities and those kinds of things like that, um, which kind of led me into a little bit of trouble here and there, right? Fortunately, I was never really that comfortable with all the trouble, you know? So, so I didn't, I didn't dive completely into it, uh, fortunately. But, um, I think that, I think that those experiences kind of led me to want more, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't exactly know what that was at the time, but you know, you grow up and you mature, you know, and you pick things up. But, uh, I, I had a, the struggles at home were that, Due to my dad's addiction, it also was very difficult on my mother, um, which caused a lot of mental health issues and things like that. So both my parents, um, on any given day, were just not in great shape, mm-hmm. you know, to um, properly care for my younger brother and, and me for, for many years. So, you know, learned a lot of things on my own, had to grow up fast, you know, um, struggled in school, um, all those types of things like that. And... uh Ended up becoming a, a young dad and, you know, having to uh, kind of learn as I go and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's about the gist of it, you know. Uh, anything in specific you want to know, uh, just ask me. I'm here. I'm an open book, right? <laughs> Literally. Yes, sir. <laughs> open book. Yeah. Also, when again, too, I guess uh, the book is obviously about being a father. Yeah. And, of course, uh the audience really wanted, I think what they probably want to know more is about how was the relationship between your father and yourself? Okay. That's a great question. Um, so the relationship between me and my dad, um, was extremely, extremely difficult Mm -hmm. to non-existent during my upbringing. Right. Because when he was in a home, like I said, he was going through those struggles. Um, so I had a lot of resentment, um, in, in difficulty just not having him there. And then when he was there, 
the, the things that came along with his struggles, you know, domestic violence, um, you know, just the, the harshness and the un- being uncomfortable all the time growing up. So, it, I mean, I remember, I remember having anxiety when I, I would come home from school, get off the bus, and I walk home. And I, I remember praying from the bus stop to the house that he wasn't home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I just know if he's home, it's just like, oh, it's going to be a rough night. You know? So although uh, my, my mom struggled with him being out of the house, I secretly was happy when he wasn't home <laughs> because I felt like I got some peace. You know what yeah. I mean? And I know this sounds kind of funny, but it was, I remember it being a rough time, you know? Uh, and then after, after, a certain, after a certain age, around 10 or 11, you know, his, his issues got so bad that uh, the 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 members of, of our church basically went to my mother and said that, you know, word out on the streets is that, you know, he, he was looking to offer her to people for drugs. Mm-hmm. So it was that bad. So the church basically gave her an ultimatum, said, you take the boys and leave or we're going to have to call, you know, child protection or whatever and was going to get removed and all that. So she, she didn't want to do that. So that's how we end up um, moving away. And, and getting away from him. And uh, so after that, man, I, then I had, there was no more dad in the home. So then I brought a whole other batch of issues, right? Cause I started, I started getting older and not having that guidance, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the, the good thing about all of this is that after many years, I became an adult. He got himself together. He actually moved out of Buffalo. All right. And moved out to like Olean. Right. Got himself together because he had to get away from everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I started to grow up mature. He got himself together. And then we kind of came back. And what I really appreciate about that whole dynamic is that when he came back, he was like a phenomenal grandfather. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was um, it actually we had like <laughs> we had like a running joke <laughs> because my kid just thought he was a superhero. Like, oh my God, great, that is the nicest guy ever, you know? <laughs> and uh, you know, I remember my daughter one time was like, Man, you so lucky that this is your dad growing up. And I'm like, you know, slow down, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was a little bit different back then, you know. So it was it was really good that he kind of got to redeem himself, you know, and that that is what helped me with the concept of kind of reclaim your visibility mm-hmm. because he was invisible. Right. For many years. And he mm-hmm. came back and, and, and did his thing, you know. So, yeah, man. So I want to jump in here. Sure. You mentioned a couple of things that I want to ask a follow up question as well. So, yeah, you know, coming up, obviously, you had some some struggles and some challenges that you had to, you know, overcome. But um, something you said really struck a chord with me, and especially as a as a person that is all into young people and understanding that young people thrive off routine and structure, right? Yeah. So what was it like for you not knowing day to day how your day or your nights were gonna was were, were gonna go? The most stressful, anxiety ridden times of my life. You know what I mean? Um there's so much truth to that, the power in structure and routine. Because I, I mean I felt lost. You know what I mean? Like I just like you said, not knowing what's going on day to day. You know, whether it's going to be a great day or, or a terrible day, you know, um, man, that was tough, man. I mean, I couldn't focus on nothing. I, I mean, I would be in school worried about if dude was going to be home. You know, how, how can I focus? In yeah, the and that's crazy. That's the piece that a lot of people, when we talk about absentee dads yeah. or 
dads that are present but not really present. Yeah. Right. Because you can be present and not present Absolutely. as a as a father. Sure. Um, and that contributes to some of the issues that we know that young men and young ladies have in the household. But mm-hmm. just having to you know, you know deal with that. That's just yeah. It was it, it was difficult, man. I you know I, I have to say you know it was like. I just remember, you know how you get that feeling like in your stomach, man, and you just like, that oh. That little nervous, just, yeah, bottom of the pit feeling, yeah. Just like, oh, but mm. just constantly, like all day long. It's uncomfortable. You know, very uncomfortable. You know, how can how can a young man thrive and, and things like that? So, and then in addition to that, you know, you know my my teacher's just misreading it, thinking I'm just some knucklehead that doesn't care, doesn't want to try, you know, not realizing that some of those days I was starving, Right or or just and you got all out. this going on in the background exactly yeah. while we trying to learn you know state capitals or something you, you know what I'm saying so and I'm trying to like, worry about where I'm gonna eat whether or not exactly. my dad gonna be home yeah if I'm gonna you know catch that belt or whatever tonight exactly and you worried about trying to teach me something mm-hmm. nah mm-hmm. I'm not here with you exactly and I, you know people were just missing that you know and then you know when you're going through it as a, as a kid you don't know things but you know as you get a little older you're like man you know that just man I, it wasn't a lot of support for me there <laughs> you know all those years and um they had to with an with an exception of a few and as i mentioned in the book i, I called out a few teachers that that put that cared you know what i mean but but think about that i, I mean i said a few out of how many years of school you know right. what i mean yeah and uh man that was that was something that was something so you mentioned support right yeah and as a young male that had to kind of deal with everything that you were dealing with mm-hmm. where was that support for you and where did it come from well um i got as much support from my mother as she could give um even though she was dealing with her own her own issues um but i mean i had to find support wherever i could find it uh, i w- i wasn't really into sports. So I didn't really have like coaching kind of, you know, so, so basically what I did was I had a couple of close friends who basically their families took me in okay, and I got to see examples of full functioning family units and, and, and fathers who played a very different role than what I was used to. You know what I mean? And I, I remember when I started to get old enough and, and meet, uh, people's fathers I had this anxiety oh you want to meet my dad it's like no thank you <laughs> you know what I mean? because I know what those are like <laughs> no, I'm straight but then when I meet them and then the dad's like hey you know hi you want to join us for dinner and all I'm like what is what's wrong with this dude <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, what's, so that once I started to realize like wait a minute is is my situation the weird one you, you know and then I you know meeting other people other dads you know a lot of them were white you know but it's like going to the park spending time it's <laughs> foreign to me board games mm-hmm. what like, what is it was like and that, and I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> having family time with another family because i'm like you guys are strange who does this who sits who sits at a table who sent and, you <laughs> who sits at a table and talks about their day so, like you know, so but once I once I started to understand, then but then I also started to feel like man, things are really terrible at home because other people ain't really rocking like this, you know. So yeah, this is not the norm. Not, right. Yeah, but you know, when you're young, when you when when your life is your life, that's what you know. So it 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 really wasn't a problem until I realized that maybe this is a problem, you know. So yeah. So how did 
and I think now we'll kind of do a little a deep dive into the book because I think you know you kind of you kind of talk about some of this in the book is you went through what you went through right and I see reclaim your visibility is you know you say it right here a straightforward guide for black fathers to improve themselves and their relationships with with their children so um you know obviously I think because of what you went through that had a lot to do with why you decided to write this book right absolutely um Talk about, you know, maybe if you could pick maybe five things out of the book that you would want, you know, young, especially young black fathers, yeah. right, to kind of take, a, well, to, to current fathers or to be fathers, right, yes. to, to what would be those five things that you would really want, you know, folk to kind of key in? Wow. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be five. But yeah. I, just some key points. Um, I, w- I would say, first of all, be in the right mindset. Okay. So the first, the, 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 the first step in the book is, um, what's called the black fatherhood pledge. And I, I, I have that in there because it's a representation of, you know, let's realize how important we are and let's start this journey because I think everything starts with mindset, right? Um, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what the circumstances, if you're looking to move forward, we have to get into that mindset to move forward. So I think that's key. That's why it's in the, that's why it's first. Right. So thinking about what you really want and deciding to, to move, to move towards it. That's, that's one thing. All right. The other thing I would say is to take that personal responsibility, step up. If you made mistakes, you know, accept it, learn from it, fix it, move on. Right. Um, our circumstances are what, what they are. And a lot of times we compare our situations to other people's and then it kind of makes us feel worse about ourselves sometimes, you know, and I think that's very counterproductive. So, you know, uh, taking ownership, I'm a dad, whether, whether you didn't have a dad or didn't have a great dad, or you did have a good dad, understand the importance of fatherhood, especially in our community. Right. A lot of times we, we kind of like take the back seat. Because we kind of defer everything to mom, you know, because mm-hmm. we got a lot of single moms out there and all that, you know, understandably so. But sometimes it's like, oh, parent teacher conference, mom got it. Grocery store runs, mom, mom got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Father's Day, mom's going to celebrate it. Right. It's like, <laughs> no, this is this is not OK. You know what I mean? So um, I think that taking that ownership of our role, right. We got so many lost people because of that lack of guidance. And it's no knock against, you know, our other uh, father figures, but it's nothing like the real thing. No. It's nothing like the real thing. I I mean, you know, assuming that they're, you know, not deceased, you know, or, you know, incarcerated for long periods of time and things like that. But a a a lot of times our dads are available, readily available and around. You know, and it's, it's nothing like it. And, and, you know, when, when it comes our time to be dads or if we are dads, it's like, you know, take that ownership. Like think about somebody like yourself, right? Fatherhood is, is your thing, right? That and basketball, right? <laughs> you know All day long. <laughs> fatherhood Love it. is your thing. But think about how, how impactful that is. Your fatherhood stands so strong that it's impacting your children and other people's children, right? If all of us, if more of us did that, we could heal ourselves as a community, right? Totally agree. Because we, we, we walk around talking about how, 
you know, everybody else is doing this and it's hurting us or they need to do this to help us. And we got the key, right, to get that movement going. And it starts with us as black men taking that control and getting our position in our in our in our households and our families. Not literally in the household, because not everybody's gonna have that dynamic, but just that presence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that is the 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 key, you know, to 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 getting it going. It's like cooperative economics, right? We can put mm-hmm. our money together yep. and we can make big moves. Absolutely. If we put all our all our fatherhood powers together, what can we do? Right? We people will fall in line. They will have to respect us. You know what I'm saying? And if we represent a fatherhood the way we represent some other things, we might not be in this position. We wouldn't be in this position. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. All right, Xavier, yeah. I'm going to kick it over to you because I know you had some questions that you wanted to ask yeah, regarding so, the book. All right, so just a little quick rewind. So why make this book in the first place? Like, what's the, like what made you wake up one day and say, hey, I wanna write, I'm going to write a book? Or was it like a process? Yeah, on me? definitely a process. It was, it was, it was certainly not a, a wake up one day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been a wake up like, okay, enough talk. I'm about to do this. You know what I mean? So that, yeah, that might have happened. But the whole process in itself was was a was a journey okay Mm -hmm. and so the actual reason right why i wrote the book was because as i explained to you i had a i had a a rocky relationship with my dad Mm -hmm. then i had the periods of absence and stuff like that right um so as i mentioned i i I became a a a father at at 17 years old right and i had no idea what was going on 17 17, i was in high school yeah um yeah you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and uh I <laughs> I made some mistakes, man. I didn't I didn't I didn't have I didn't know what to do. I didn't have I didn't have the guidance. I didn't I didn't understand what I needed to do. I just felt like you know I just thought if I bought stuff, I, that's how you do it. Because hey, my dad never bought stuff, so I I'm I'm ahead of the game, right? Not really understanding the emotional support and in, in those in those needs that bond and that closeness, right? Because mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was a kid myself, right? So um unfortunately it, 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 it led me to, to, to make bad decisions and not really be there the way I should have been there. And, you know, I didn't understand the importance of my role. I didn't understand I had rights. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my little daughter's mother, you know, moved out of town and I didn't think I could do anything about it. And I just let it happen. And I just lost the critical time mm-hmm. of of a young child. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think about this stuff. Not even talking about it now. I'm just like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> just just <laughs> thinking about it, you know. But um, that resulted in you know not having that bonding and just not having a close relationship with my with my child. You know, all all this time. So, um, so the actual reason, right? Why? I wrote the book is because I very recently, I mean, within the time frame of a few months now, you know, uh, started to repair my relationship with my daughter, who's now a grown woman. Okay. And one of the first things uh, she asked me when, when we, uh, we got together to meet and talk was, Hey dad, did you ever write that book? Cause I used to always talk about writing a book, but I was on some autobiography stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
the trials and tribulations of Carl Stokes kind of thing, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, you know, I'm not a famous celebrity who cares about the autobiography, mm-hmm. you know? So the reason why I wanted to write the autobiography was to talk about the relationship with my father and my relationship with my daughter. So what's the theme in my autobiography is fatherhood. So why not cut to the chase and just talk about what I really want to talk about, which is fatherhood. Now, why, why, how can I make a book that, that would be useful? Make it a guide, give practical steps and learn from the things that I did wrong. So when she asked me if I ever wrote the book and I'm like, no, she's like, why not? And I said, well, first of all, who, how do I write a fatherhood book when I'm not talking to my child? You know what I mean? You, you walk into a bookstore and you get a, a book with your dad's face on it talking about, Hey, how to be a father. She's like, yeah, right. Get right. this dude out of here. You know, Secret. fraud. You know what I mean? So, right. So, um, I, I, I told her about, you know, my idea and I said, what do you, what do you think about me doing it? And she said, I think you should do it. And I said, well, it'll be out before the year's out. You know, this was last year. This was in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why the book exists is because the, the sacrifice you know, um, the mistakes, the lack of communication, the lack of, a, of of the type of relationship that I should have had with her. I couldn't let that just go in vain. So if I can, if I can put that out there to prevent one other father from doing that, so be it. Because I'm pretty private, dude. I mean, this is my mm-hmm. first time out of the cave. Like I don't, I didn't even have no social media before this. You know what I mean? Like, like, like for real, like I didn't even have, you know, um, so I'm new to all of this and it's like, I went from nobody knowing who I am to here, look at, look at me, Mm -hmm. look at my, you know, here's the worst mistakes in my life out here. Here, I'm out (laughs) here. Right. So the idea of doing it as a guy is to, is to, you know, help, you know, so People, a lot of people talk about help, but we need to, we need to actually help. You know, um, the, the, the things that you guys are doing, this is help for our community, right? Me, me talking about the most difficult things in my life for people to, to learn from, that's my way of helping, you know? So that, that's why the book is in existence right now. So I want to probably like move beyond the book. So here at Breaking Barriers, one of our main things we talk about is legacy. Okay. And uh, with you obviously writing this book, you you obviously have a legacy you want to leave by with your children and your grandchildren. So uh, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want that dash between the date you were born and the date you were died? What do you want that, that, what do you want your grandchildren to remember you by? Oh man. That's deep right there. Um, I think bef- before I even present a certain thing or things, I I am obsessed with the idea of them being able to find out about me, mm-hmm. right? Because I didn't have a great relationship with my dad, he didn't have a great relationship with his dad, and I don't even know beyond that, you know what I mean? <laughs> because that's the that's been a dynamic. I can't learn anything about my family, my family history. I don't, you know, I, I just a few old pictures here and there, but I don't know nothing about them. So the idea that there will always be a way 
for my next of kin to be able to learn about me is, is fabulous to me. You know, tell me about great, great granddad, Carl. Like, oh yeah, he wrote a book in 2020, like oh, 2020. Oh my God. You know, and, and it, and it'd be in existence. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so in terms of legacy, just, just having the information is huge to me. I don't have no photo albums of family members. I don't have any connection to anybody. And I'm too scared to do uh send my DNA to the place and all that. I can't, oh, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> Ancestry.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't, I can't do that. Right. You know? So legacy in terms of, wow, my, my granddad, my great granddad wrote this, you know, and he was trying to do this for black people back then. To me, that's, I mean, that's amazing. Right. So I think that I, I want my legacy to be changing the trajectory of my family history. Mm. Right. Stopping this, you know, uninvolved dads mm. or incarcerated dads or dads falling victim to addiction and so on and so forth and being there, being involved, right, and teaching the next batch to do the same and so on and so on, uh, you know, uh, uh, financially as well. You know what I mean? I'm sick, of the, mm. I'm, si I'm sick of the poverty, you know. You poor, your mama poor, your grandmama poor, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm sick of that, you know. So... My legacy is it stopped with this guy and things were different for the, for the better moving forward after this guy. That's what mm -hmm. I want. You know? So I want to jump back in here. X kind of jump back in real quick. Get in. All right. Um, so I don't think this is just me talking. Yeah. I don't know if this book gets written if you don't have the chance to actually sit down and have the conversation with your dad and begin to repair y'all relationship right because no. i think that's a big piece of absolutely what's in here right yes um i didn't have that opportunity with with my father he passed away before um i even got to a point where i was like even thinking about wanting gotcha. to sit down and talk with him so sure. <clears throat> talk about that process and you know what you had to i would i would envision imagine that you had to do something to kind of prepare yourself to even want to sit down and, and talk with him even though mm -hmm. you know you mentioned that he was in a space where he was starting to get his life back together, yeah. right? Um, what did you do to prepare yourself for that, you know, initial conversation? And, um, you know, what was that like just repairing that relationship? So I guess how I prepared for it was I got older and more mature and started to understand life a little bit more. And then I started to also understand that everybody has a story. You know what I mean? So after, quite honestly, after going through some baby mama drama myself, I'm like, man, I don't know. I might need to talk to this dude. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm only getting one side of the story, you know? Um, and also because I, you know, got into the field of social work and human services and starting to see that there's underlying factors to to our behavior, you know, and then thinking about addiction and stuff like that. So I guess my preparation was just wanting some answers to some things, you know, getting, getting, let me hear your side of things. What was going on? You know, right or wrong. Just let me know what was, what was happening, you know? Uh, and I, I, I got, I got anxious to, you know, then I, I would hear like, Oh, he's doing good. I'm like, oh, okay. So, if I invite him over, he's not going to steal anything. 
Cause that's all, that's all I can remember. You know what I'm saying? So once once I knew he he was he was in a better place, I'm like, and then you know, um, you know, my my wife who I was dating at the time, I don't I don't I don't have any family for her to meet. You know what I'm saying? She's like, yo, I have a dad. She's never met him. I'm like, you know, let me let me let me try to try to get this together. So, um, I actually I, I reached out. You know, went to know his, his relatives house and things like that I told him i'm looking for him to have him call me whatever so by the time he was kind of he got to the point where he's kind of like waiting on me to to because he, he he i think he felt like he screwed up so bad he's just gonna he's gonna lay low until i until so i was ready, was ready. you it. know what i mean so uh that's what happened and uh so when he came when he came around i, I didn't i didn't really have too many issues we had a lot of great conversations but you know the craziest thing some of the worst stories and situations in my life, he didn't remember them because wow. he he was out of there. He I like so I so I I'm, I reunite with my dad and I'm telling him stories about back in the day because he didn't remember some of that stuff because he was he was just in such a bad place. He felt terrible. He like I don't even know what to say. I'm like you know <laughs> it's kind of then it gets funny because like you don't you don't remember that. So I've been carrying these painful memories and nobody else remembers it. Wow. Think about that. That stuff had a hold on me for years. That had to be therapeutic even, for you. Man, I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and, and like I said, you know, he was in a great place and he was, you know, and, and, and you know, my kids loved him and stuff like that. So it was like a, it wasn't even a big deal. All, all that, all those years of pain and struggle. And then when it, when it got back together, it wasn't even a big deal, you know? Um, it was a big deal for him because he always felt like he, he always felt bad because we would have conversations and I would tell him, I said, listen, man, you taught me indirectly. You may not have had the opportunity to teach me directly, you know, but I know what not to do and stuff like that based on, you know, my experiences. But, um, he had a lot of wear and tear on his body from, from back in the day. So, uh, he passed away and, uh, I think it was, I think it was like 2014 around there, but the fact that he, when 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 he went away, we was on such good terms, it just made it that much easier. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like remembering that I got to a point where I wanted to reach out to him, and then how the world works. I was estranged from my daughter, and then she ended up reaching out to me. You know what I mean? Like how that how that ended up working out like that. You know, so it, it stops here. That's enough of that, you know. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's that's the push. But I didn't I didn't really like prepare in like the traditional sense, like a Rocky movie or something like that with the, <laughs> with the, you know, with the music and <laughs> drinking the egg yolks and all that. You know what I'm saying? It was more like, a, you know, it's, it's time to get some answers more so than anything. Gotcha. You know, that's how that that's how that worked out. I'm I can't am- did it. I can't imagine what what it was like to kind of get that 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 burden off your shoulders as a as a they would say you know this past weekend Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win Josh Allen got yeah. his first playoff mm-hmm. win right mm-hmm. so they kind of got that that monkey off their back right yeah. what mm-hmm. what did that feel like for you man I I don't I'm not sure I experienced anything like like it since like it it was just I mean we we talking about so many years of a struggle i didn't even i had to learn who i was again like who who am i without without this this pain like i had to figure that out again you know what i mean because i'm like 
it's like um, so so much was wrapped up in in my issues with my father, you know, that once it kind of got resolved, I was like, what now? You know, you know what I mean? Like it was so much in there, you know. Like I I, I remember um, some years ago, I, I was listening to an interview with uh, with Nas, and he was saying how his first album Illmatic was his whole life. In that one album, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, that's and then he's nice. like, once he dropped that, it was like, man, like, how do you, what's next, you know? And I, I just feel like um, once that happened, I felt ready to take on new challenges and, and, and elevate and, and, you know, take myself to the next level because I didn't have nothing weighing me down no more. It really felt like a physical weight, like a weight vest. Right? Like, I got so used to carrying it around, then I took it off. I'm like, man, I can fly now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it, that's how I felt, man. I remember that. I was just like, and then, and then to think about, like, man, this wasn't even that bad. I could have been did this. But it wasn't time. It came when it was supposed to happen. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was, man, what, a, what an experience that was. You know? And um, I know that my daughter now feels the same way because she just kind of went through the same thing. Right. You know? Well, please tell us this isn't the last, um, you know, Physical work that we're going to get from you. No, no. Okay, because <laughs> you know not. we got we got many more albums after Illmatic that's, from Nas. That's very true, right? And I'm very appreciative <laughs> yeah. for the last one. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you ain't lying. You know, even though I'm a whole no, fan, right? No mm. doubt, no doubt. But yeah, no, no. I, I definitely plan on this is this is this is my thing now. You know, um, and it's funny because <laughs> people have been people have been kind of like, what a, is this for? Is this for all fathers? I'm like, nope. <laughs> And I don't feel bad about it, you know what I mean? Because we we don't always get stuff just for us, you know what I mean? Right. It's usually it's usually we will talk about the group and involve us, right? We'll 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 talk about the diversity bubble and then include black people. I wanted to make this about black people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm this saying? This different right here. This this one right here. Yeah. This one about us. This, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And 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 that was and. That is, that was non-negotiable. You know what I mean? Now in the future, you know, if I drop part two, which is all inclusive of all fathers, that's fine. But this, this is for, for, for us. And that, that's just the way it is, you know? So I definitely, um, and, and uh, Cruz and I were talking about this earlier, you know, we all got stories in us. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just about how you go about expressing that. And I chose to do it this way. You know, to have something tangible, physical book that people can read and learn from, you know, and I'm like, there's millions of books in the world. Like I can contribute to that space, you know, and uh, so, no, I definitely have um, I definitely have some 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 things planned. And uh, but I'm really I'm really this right here is my reasonable doubt. Okay. You like that better? Yes. This is my re- I like that a lot. <laughs> this, is my- <laughs> this is my reasonable doubt. Classic. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. Uh, there'll All be right. more. I know we, uh, we're getting to that point in the time where we, where we have to kind of close out, but okay. there's a couple of things I definitely I really want to get out there because I, sure. I remember in a conversation you and I had before, yeah. um, you talked about the publishing piece and how, you know, that was a process and you learned yeah. how to just talk about that, you know, okay. how you went about getting this published. Sure. And then I also want you to talk about the picture, yes, right here on the cover because mm-hmm. I know that's very near and dear to your yeah, heart. So I want you to kind of talk about that. Okay, and I'll say the the last question I have for okay. when you kind of talk about those two things. Okay, so the first thing is uh, the publishing. You said yeah. So just the process of of getting 
getting that work done. Okay. So when I decided to, to, to make the move to actually do the book, it's like, it was all good. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to write a book. And then it's like, wait a minute. How do I write a book? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm like, you know, you don't think about that part of it. It's like, it's all good as an idea, but it's like, wait a minute, what do I do? So, um, just kind of like doing some research and it's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, an idea and, you know, outline and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I did all those things and then like, you know, you, <laughs> you have to, <laughs> you might want to get a book agent. Like, <laughs> I'm like, a what? <laughs> like, that's a thing, you know? And then, uh, cause you know me, I'm thinking like, once I decided to write a book, I'm like, yo, I'm going to random house or something or, or like a big, a big publishing company. And, you know, so I'm like, here I am contacting people. Hey, I got this idea about black fatherhood and they just were tearing that down. <laughs> they was like, no, you know, some, you know, some people didn't respond, but they're like, you know, some, some were like, yo, you got a book agent? And I'm like, no, I don't have a book agent. Get a book agent. We'll talk. Okay. And then some people were like, how many uh, followers you have on social media? I'm like, I don't have social media. It's like, have a nice day. You know what I mean? Because no, like, it's you, not gonna work. You know what I mean? So the, the one, the get one, your weight up first. Exactly. The one get your person, followers up first. The one person actually said, "We don't usually even talk to people unless they got a hundred thousand followers." And I'm like, "Well, if I had a hundred thousand followers, I probably wouldn't even need be you talking." You know what I'm saying? But so it was kind of like going through that. So I'm like, "Yeah, this isn't gonna work." I, I mean, I, but I, I contacted small publishers. You know, local publish. I did. I did. You know, for months, and then you know, nobody was nobody was looking into that. Nobody was interested. So um, then I started to get paranoid because I'm like, I wonder if it's because I'm like pro black, like black fatherhood. Maybe they getting you know. But I'm like, you know, whatever. I I told her that I was gonna write a book. I'm writing a book, so I'm just gonna learn how to write a book. So I I just I just researched um, and I, I I tightened up my my manuscript. Ran through some some processes and things like that, and I got with a with a, a, a very good friend of mine, um, Gio Derice, who uh, who's a published author, and he um, he basically has um, workshops and things like that, programs for people. And I, I joined some of those. I, I, I watched some seminars. I did YouTube. I did all of that, and just kind of learned the process. So once I once I tightened up my my manuscript, and I and I and I felt like I had a good product. I was like, you know, how do you go? Never thought about book size. Never thought about font. Never thought about chapter layout. Never thought about design. Oh. Never thought about the spine. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? Like, you know, so you just learn all these things that we always take for granted. How many books have you seen in your life? I never really paid attention to none of that. Yeah. It's like, what's the title of the book? Oh, my man told me to read that. I get it and read it. Never really realized that the books on my shelves are different sizes, different shapes, and all those things. Never thought about that. So all the details. All of that. So I had to kind of learn all of that stuff, man. And, um, and I'm so glad I did because now I feel like I, I know what to do. This, you know, um, so basically that's what I did. And, um, when I got to the, the artistic part of it, you know, um, my daughter, uh, she, she is into photography. So, um, she begged for months and months for the new iPhone. I'm like, this is stupid. It <laughs> Sound like somebody else money. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it costs too much money. This is what a whatever, you know. And um, wouldn't you know how things work out? She ended up using that that iPhone and taking that picture, and it, it turned into a book cover, you know. So that book cover, you know, was 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 taken by you know my, not my oldest daughter, uh, my my teenage daughter and. 
I hope she so, getting some royalties. Man, she's yeah, I know her royalties coming in groceries and 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 electric. <laughs> but it's it's so it's so special to me for that reason, you know what I mean? And then we you, you asked about legacy, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's the book, but then there's like, you know, she get to tell her kids she that she, you know, I took that picture and you know and things like that. Wow. So yeah, man, that that's um so even looking at it now, I'm like, man, I can't believe I really did that, you know. So that covers that covers very special, but yeah, just kind of learning learning the process, and but it also it also helped me to understand like you know, I can do this, like we can do things that we put our minds to. It was it was that important to me to get it done. So even though there was obstacles, I got it done. Everything happens for a reason. I'm glad I didn't go with nobody because I can legit say, yo, this is all me, you know, in in, in my immediate circle, you know what I'm saying, and that's important to me. You know, because I and I I talked to one um person from a from a, a a publishing company and they talking about basically they 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 got creative control over it. Like they they tell me what the cover is gonna be and they tell me what the title's gonna be. I'm like, well that's a that's a deal breaker, never mind. So I lost interest after that. You know what I mean? So you mean to tell me I can't it's my book, it's my life, it's my story, it's my vision, but you make the decisions? Nah. No, thank you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's I'm, I'm I'm glad it worked out the way it worked out. You know, All right. yeah. Well, Dr. Stokes, we definitely appreciate your time, um, and your, you know, your process that you know you put together when putting this great piece of uh, literature together. Uh, we thank you for uh, signing all the copies that <laughs> yeah. all of our young men received um, in the Breakerberry Youth Leadership Council, and uh, just. All your words of wisdom. I want to give you the last word before we close out because I know you got to get out of here because I know you know you got some other things that you that you got to do today. But um, just my own personal just appreciation and thanks for it. I can't wait to get through it. Um, you know, we kind of laid out a reading schedule for all of the young men on the council, yeah. so they should be on page like forty by okay. Thursday this week. So um, we continue to have this conversation weekly until we finish uh, finish up the book. So good. How's it going so far? So far, so good. I mean, Xavier can kind of yeah, talk I'm, about what his experience has been. It. Yeah, with it. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Very that's really good. good to hear. Now, I, I was trying to maybe you can help me with this. My intent was to now that you sitting sitting down talking to me, mm-hmm. is the book like talking to me? Yeah. Is it like a conversation? <laughs> I, and I, I just I was trying not to make it sound stuffy. Like I wanted it to just to sound like you know just like an easy yeah. read, kind of just get through. Absolutely, that, definitely you know? easy read. I'm right. a person who really is not into reading that much, yeah. but that one, the, this book, like definitely like the type of person I am, like definitely easy to go. Through. That means a lot. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad to hear that. All right, Doctor right. Stokes, I'm gonna give you the last word before we uh, shut it down. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for having me mm-hmm. and, you know, all the support that you've shown me. You know, I mean, this this is big because I just I sat there and talked to you about all the rejection I just went through <laughs> during the process. So I'll be remiss not to mention that you guys got me sitting down talking to you and, you know, and things like that. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, but for your listeners and everybody who's 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 fans of you guys and, and, and all of that, you know. Let's 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 take control right of our communities you know um and let's remember you know how important this fatherhood thing is right uh the book is written to black fathers but it's for the mothers right it's for the children you know it's for us as a whole you know um and i hope that it's 
it's accepted, you know, universally. Like, you know, those of you who, who are not fathers yet, those of you who are fathers, even, even, even the great dads out there, you know, is there something in there that you can take from it or even compare? Like, I'm already a good dad. Let me see what he's saying in here. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I do this. This is great. You know, um, I just, I just, I just wanted to be, you know, a, 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 a part of, uh, the community, you know, mm-hmm. and especially starting here in Buffalo, you know, um, definitely, you know, I, I wanted to be, to, to expand, but I'm, this is a Buffalo bred thing, you know, like I want that to start here for sure. There you have a good people. Uh, oh, we got to plug this. Where can people go find the book? Oh yeah. You can, um, you can get the book at, uh, Dr. Carl Stokes Jr.com. There's also an audio book that you can download right from the site. You can also get the book on Amazon, um, or you can get it from Zawadi Books on Jefferson Ave. They're the only bookstore that got it, right? So stop through there, and uh, you can grab it through there. All right, good people. Once again, there you have it. I want to give a special thanks to the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo, the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable, Say Yes Buffalo. Shout out to Breaking Barriers. Uh, If you don't know, the application is out now for Cohort 4. Go register your young men between the ages of 12 and 24 at www. What? Whoa, let me back up. www.breakingbarriersbuffalo.org. Um, always looking for more young men to bring on to the Youth Leadership Council. We're still going virtually. And make sure you follow the Breaking Barriers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Uh, see y'all next time. Love y'all. Be safe. Go Bills. Bills Mafia. We out here going to the bowl. We out. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Breaking Barriers podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on all of the streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. For more information about Breaking Barriers, visit our website at www.breakingbarriersbuffalo.org.